0: Welcome back to Alliances Heroes, where heroes in business align. To be part of our super community and find out more about Alliances, visit www.alliances.com. All right, so welcome back to the show. So much going on, and I'm so excited about this interview. Wait till you hear who we have and his latest book, too. You're going to be blown away. And also, to us, keep those listening to those past interviews. Thank you again for all the feedback from when I had the chairman of JetBlue Airlines on. A lot of stuff going on in the airline industry. Make sure you check it out. You can go to alliances.com, E-L-I-A-N-C-S.com and just click on radio and that'll take you to some of the past episodes. So let's get started. All right. Boy, there's just so much going on in life. There's a lot of things going on in life. And I'm so excited to have Dr. Andrew Hahn back on the show. You see, he's a licensed clinical psychologist and founder of the Life-Centered Therapy and Guide Self Healing. Now, you can reach him directly by going to LifeCenterTherapy.com, but what we're here today to talk about is his new book, which you're going to have an opportunity to pre-order that. All right, so welcome back to the show, Dr. Andrew Hahn. Thank you
1: so much, David. It's always a joy, so thank you so much
0: all right so i've had the insight secret to be able to read your book prior to it coming out and i got to tell you it's just phenomenal there's a lot there in fact i want to be able to read it multiple times because there's a lot of good and great information actually to to digest but it's just it's not one of those one read the story's done and away but i want you to steal the thunder Uh, i want you to steal the thunder of the name of the book too because i think even the name is really awesome so Why don't you go ahead with that?
1: Well, we call it a one-hour miracle because what is a miracle really? It's becoming more free from suffering. And I think we have an extraordinary technology to, you know, there's a lot of suffering in the world. And I think we have a very, very simple, powerful way that in every hour you do this work, you get freer from your suffering. And you get results and it's the most powerful work I know for getting these results or I'd be doing something else. And, you know, our hope is that the whole world learns how to do this because it's very simple to teach. You can teach the basics of this to, to, a to a smart, you know, elementary school kid and they can do it for themselves. So it's like, it's, it gives you, it empowers people so much. And, um, I think we have a way of working that really is simple, but it's really profound and we want to just share it with everybody. And that's the deal on it. So.
0: um, And again, you can get the book, you can get it on Amazon right now, go to type in the one hour miracle. Uh, So you get, go to Amazon, don't wait and stuff and get it. It's called the one hour miracle. You can get it on Amazon. All right. So, so Dr. Han. You know, you you mentioned about, you know, suffering and and that is, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say, right? Everybody at some point has suffered of something Mm -hmm. and everybody will continue at some point to suffer of things. What are some of the top things would you say that emotions and, and, and people suffer from that's on their mind consistently?
1: anxiety, depression, chronic pain, bad relationships, a sense of alienation and aloneness and not knowing what to do about it. Um, th- that's a start.
0: That's a lot. That's enough already. <laughs> just.
1: Or, or, or for people who are more in, in the world you're in, they have a dream, right? They, they, there's something they really want to create, and something is keeping them from doing it. They're high-powered people. They're entrepreneurs, but something's stopping them, and they don't know what's stopping them. They don't know what to do about it. And we have a technology that helps unblock them and helps them be able to create what they desire. So it really is not just for people who are looking at mental health. You know, we get a lot of people who are high powered entrepreneurs who like their anxiety gets in the way or they have a vision, but they don't know what's stopping them. And we know how to help them.
0: Well, I'm not going to share the secrets of your book, but it is, again, the one hour miracle, but it's share all of them. Five steps, five steps to guiding your self-healing change. The story reauthor your life to story reauthor your life. And I think that's interesting as, as far as the reauthor part of that. Um let me hear it from you of of what that means. Reauthor your life.
1: People get stuck because they're stuck in stories that couldn't be handled. That's why they get stuck, right? It's simple. And anytime you can't handle something uh, in that moment, uh, your 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 story gets stuck in that moment. There's no chance for evolution. There's no chance for transformation, because you're stuck there. I mean, like if I had someone in my office, and a motorcycle backfires and they have a panic attack, why? Because they're stuck in a story twenty years ago where they were in Afghanistan and a bomb went off and they couldn't handle it, and suddenly they they're no longer the author of their story. They're just they're just a character in a story. They can't can't change their story. And so what we want to say is there's a way to reauthor your story to change the whole narrative. And it's so simple to do. There's a way to change the narrative, and there's a way to make it a narrative that will be in service to you and of life. And I'm very happy to share the secret of it, because the secret you can tell in two seconds. Please do. Well, when there's something that can't be handled, right? Why that's all that people come to therapy for. And that's why entrepreneurs get stuck. There's something that can't be handled. That's it. Only, you know, when I'm coaching or when I'm doing therapy, all I'm doing is saying, you're going to master what you can't handle. Now it's easy to say how to do that, which is when there's something that can't be handled in that moment, a sensation is born. Just like David was born in a moment, the sensation was born in a moment and Really what happens is we identify with that sensation. So we think we are the sensation. So if you were having that panic attack and I said, David, you're splayed out on my floor. What's happening in the body? Let's say you said, my heart's pounding fast. I'd say something funny to you. I'd say, David, you're not having a panic attack. Nothing's happening to you. But someone whose name is heart pounding fast, they're having a panic attack. And you're going to be like an actor. And you're going to now become... Uh, you're going to like become a character in a play or a movie or a novel. And that character's name is Heart Pounding Fast. And you're going to bring all your attention to them. And it's like, you're going to choose to become them. And as soon as you choose to become them, you no longer unconsciously automatically identify with them. You identify with the one who's choosing to be them and then bearing witness to them or holding them. Just like if you were an actor and you were in a play, you might say, I'm fully enrolled in that play, but I'm not, that's not who I am. That's just an experience I'm having. And we're going to have you do the same thing. So I'm going to have you become heart pounding fast. And as soon as you do that, say, oh, I know what's happening. Bombs are going off and everything. Except now you've chosen to be him. And as soon as you choose it, you can reauthor everything because you no longer identify with him. Any more than an actor is the person in the play. And that's all it takes in a simple form to be free. And then if you want something different, all you have to do is feel in your body what would happen if you experienced the scene in a different way and said, let me say what would happen if this time I was able to, you know, not be overwhelmed by this thing and not have too bad an experience, but be able to be with it. Let me feel that in my body. And how so do you is-
0: visualize it though? How do you, so someone who is, again, reading the book and that, and and I can understand it as someone speaking to you in one of your sessions over, you know, in person or video and all that, but how do you, at the time when, I mean, right, it's the anxiety, it's everything going on. You can't even think clearly. Something's happened. How do you shift that? Um, well,
1: there's the time it's happening and then there's the time later. I don't usually get people right at the time it's happening. I can tell you about that in a little while. But if you're doing it later, the thing is, heart pounding fast is a living being. It happens to be David 20 years ago, right? He's a living being. So as soon as you become that, David is having experiences. And if David is very visual, you'll see the bombs going off, right? You'll say, oh, my God, I'm seeing like a movie and the bombs are going off. If David is very auditory, it'd be like reading a novel and say, I know what's happening. Bombs are going off around me. If David is very, what's called kinesthetic, he'll act it out and he'll like say, oh my God, I'm having terror right now. And he'll actually start to re-experience it, but he won't get re-traumatized because he's choosing now to be David 20 years ago. So he identifies still with the witness. Now you don't have to visualize anything. I don't think. The divine cares whether you're more visual, auditory, or kinesthetic, because as soon as you become the body sensation, if that person wants you to see it, you'll see it. If they want you to feel it, you'll feel it. If they want you to re-experience it, you'll re-experience it. You don't have to do anything. There's nothing you have to do except become the body sensation. And then whatever happens is their story. And you'll see it, you'll hear it, or you'll live it. Doesn't matter.
0: Well, make sure you go to Amazon and get his book. There's no time to wait. Dr. Andrew Hahn, again, author of the one hour miracle. So you just go to Amazon one hour miracle. Make sure you do also too, is you could do a Google search on Dr. Andrew Hahn all over everywhere. He is all over Google with various links all over to this podcast, which has absolutely been taken off. And, and You know, I've listened to many of your podcast things and just in awe because what I find is, is that as I'm listening to them, I'm like there, it, 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 it transforms, it just transforms you, it transforms your, the way in which you're thinking. And I think what you do so well is related to stories of others that no matter what story it is, there's always been something that I can pull and feel of it. And I almost find myself doing two things. And I don't know if this is something normal, listening (laughs) to your podcast while thinking about at the same time, something that happened that kind of relates to it or feeling the same way.
1: That's wonderful. If all it was, was a head exercise, who would care? But if it's like something you say, oh my God, that gives me some insight on something or I can experience something in a different way. And uh, then, of course, I always love it when people are, like, applying it or saying, how can I use it? And, of course, if you hadn't been around, there wouldn't have been a podcast. So I am so grateful to you guys for, you know, inviting us onto the Hero Show because, you know, that was an act of heroism among yourself. So uh. Absolutely.
0: Well, I think it's so, so needed and more now than ever, uh, you know, and I think that just so much is... I don't know, things are always going on in the world and stuff, and now just living in the times of everything, and and definitely anxiety. And you know, I, I guess the thing is, is you see these things on online and the videos and the various you know social media platforms, and everybody looks like they're having a great time, and then they get caught off camera crying and doing something that's well, what quote could be considered real. Uh, it's almost like people living two different worlds because of social media. Would would you say that's agree with that? Sure.
1: But you know, hopefully, you get to be real all the time. And then social media becomes something more than social media, it becomes something social, right? right. Something where we really can uh, give each other a gift,
0: you know, the truth. You know, a lot goes into, you know, writing a book, and again, The One Hour Miracle by Dr. Andrew Hahn uh so not just by me either I mean I would never have done it if I wrote a book
1: with a woman named Joni Beckett and I want you to know um it was a total marriage of of two people doing something we each bring our gifts but I will tell you without Joni this book would have been nowhere as good I mean the woman is brilliant and She's the, she's the clearest thinker I could ever imagine. I mean, so we write something, She said, Andy, like, this doesn't make sense. And I'd look at it and say, no, no, you're right. It doesn't make sense. And, and she'd be able to make sense of things. And it's like, oh my God. And she's, and she sees things. So it, that's it great. of us, you know.
0: So what was the inspiration between you both to collaborate and then go ahead and decide to write the book, The One Hour Miracle? Um
1: the reason we collaborated is that I met Joni at this point, I met Joni in the late nineties and uh, Joni had no background in this stuff, but she was extraordinary at it. And she was the first person who ever took my, she, she said, "I, I took your course because I couldn't find what was wrong with it. So I had to find what was wrong with it. Believe me, she, found out stuff that was wrong with it. And she would challenge me and she'd say, you know, maybe I'm just like, I don't understand things because I'm a simple woman, which she is about as simple as like, you know, Einstein's equals NC squared is simple. But, and she, she was the one person who really said, wait a second, I don't understand this. And it must be me. And I say, no, it's not you. You're the only person who's like, says, wait a second. Like the emperor is wearing like, you know, clothes. No, the emperor is naked. And I was so appreciative that, I mean, and So we started to collaborate and we collaborated, you know, and then um, she was kind enough to join me and be a partner in the Life-Centered Therapy Institute. So we've been doing that together as a partnership running this institute for, I don't know, like 17 or 18 years. And the reason we actually finally wrote the book, which, you know, I started this book 25 years ago, which should tell you something about where I'm blocked. But uh, we have a third person in our institute, a junior person. He said, "You guys have to write a book proposal." So we said, "What the heck?" And and everyone told us, "No one will want. No no agent will want your book, and no publishing company will want your book. Your platform isn't big enough." So we decided we would, you know, send it to one agent who was the biggest agent in Hay House, because we said, "What the heck?" Right, Hay House. And we, we thought, you know, he was very nice to us. And he said, you know, he wrote us a little letter saying, you know, don't expect ever to hear from me again. That was on Friday. And on Monday, he calls us up. We thought he was going to be kind and say, well, and he, he said, uh, I want to be your agent. I know this field. I've been doing this for 50 years. And I've been in this particular part of it for 15 years. No one is doing
0: what you're doing. So what kind of emotions is that getting first the call of is is don't expect to hear from me. And then now the next getting want to be your agent like total opposite yeah it was really like wild um
1: and it turned out actually god forbid i should say this it was very clear you know we wrote this like amazing book proposal he'd only read one of the sample chapters and he said he cuz it was clear cuz then later he read the whole book proposal he said you know guys you guys might want to do something with some of this book proposal but he he had read just one of the sample chapters in the book which was i know which chapter he wrote um he read and uh it tells two amazing stories and he said what you guys are doing and the distinctions you're making and cuz it's two stories where depression totally cleared i mean sometimes we get things that look like miracles you know, someone has depression for seven years or something, or chronic pain for seven years and nothing touches it and it goes away in a half hour, people take notice. And we have it all documented. And we can people say, How could that's impossible? And we say, No, if you understand what's underneath it, it becomes so obvious. Yeah. It's so obvious how a, a major depression that nothing is touched, that the woman's been through everything, could have it go away. And she don't only had a major depression, she had you know, chronic pain and she had anxiety and she had, she was anxious about speaking in front of crowds, which she had to do, and she was feeling alienated. And she'd been trying to work on all those things for 10 years and they all went away in a half hour because they were all unfolded into one trauma story that was however you want to understand it. It wasn't a story about her, it was a story from another lifetime. If you don't believe in other lifetimes, it was more like an imaginal story. And when she changed the imaginal story where she was in revolutionary France and getting her head cut off, and like she couldn't handle it, so she left her body too soon and she's in front of a whole crowd of people and they're screaming at her and she's a like, crowd of people and She's violently wrenching her neck to try to get away because she says the depression is I feel weighed down, I'm helpless, I'm hopeless, I can't move. Well, no one listens to that literally. People, when you want to say reauthoring your story, what does it mean? She's in a story where she's weighed down, she's helpless, she's hopeless, she can't move in revolutionary France, however you want to understand that. 250 years later, she describes her depression. I'm weighed down, I'm helpless, I'm hopeless, I can't move. So what I want to say is, always inviting us to remember, to remember something that got split apart that was dismembered. And then suddenly it's pulled back together and you say, oh my God, I'm whole. What is healing? It means to reintegrate, to make yourself whole again. And all we're doing is saying you can become who you truly are with no parts split off because something was too bad or too good or too awful or too much or whatever, until you can finally say yes to everything. And when you can do that, you're free.
0: Uh, I love it. Again, Dr. Andrew Hahn, co-author, The One Hour Miracle. Go to Amazon. Look it up. The One Hour Miracle. Dr. Hahn, who would you say is is the type of reader that you're targeting in that and also maybe a little bit too i mean you mentioned a little bit at the beginning as far as the age of trying being able to understand the five steps to guiding yourself healing uh, of your book um but what's the what would you say the sweet spot is because it affects so many people of so many different realms i'm trying to understand
1: Well, that was tricky for us because originally we were going to write a self-help book, which was going to be about twenty-five to 30,000 words. And our our agent said, that's not a book, that's a pamphlet. So we were going to write a book for the general population. Then we were going to write a book for therapists and seekers. So we had to mush the two books together. So this book is for everybody. It's for you, David, right? You know, it's like you can read this book and say, oh, my God, that's a different way of understanding life because we have a whole different way of understanding life and how that affects how you can understand suffering in that way. It's a very philosophical book, but it's also a very pragmatic book because we're telling you how you can do your own healing and we've trained very, very senior therapists. And there's enough information in this book that any th- therapist could start using it right away with their clients. They would need to probably get a little extra training, but we're trying to be very transparent. So we're writing a book for everybody from, you know, edgy therapists, and one of one of our our first um, testimonials was, was this really wonderfully famous psychoanalyst around here. And she said, I should read what she said, but she said basically like, you know, I always thought change would take a long time. But this is a way that maybe change doesn't have to take a long time. It could happen in hours. And I may have to reassess the whole way I do therapy. So I want everybody from the most senior therapists to uh, eight-year-olds. But, you know, everyone says you can't write a book like that. But, you know, I'll let you all evaluate
0: because, I mean. I mean, would like teenagers be able to understand because it seems like emotions fly at every age, but it seems like a lot within the teenagers. We've given it to teenagers. They get
1: it. We've given it to like people who have no background in psychology and they get it. And we've given it to very, very senior therapists and very famous philosophers. They all get it. It speaks to everybody. And that was the intention. So, but I mean, clearly we want to train therapists. So we want therapists to read it, but we also want to make it so you can say, you know what? If all I knew was that every sensation was someone who was trying to share a story. And if I could bring my attention there. So when I have chronic back pain, instead of like taking a pill, if I just went one second, I said, back pain, that's your name. What have you come to share with me? And I become it worlds open up because people don't understand that body sensations are no different from us I know it's a strange idea but they're they're living beings they have a they have a history they have a life they have an everything or anytime you're anxious about something or anytime you're comparing yourself to somebody or anytime you have this dream and it's not happening you go into your body you'll find a sensation just say I don't know the answer Andy doesn't know the answer I don't know the answer but Nauseous stomach nose or or tight chest nose. So you just. And that's why it's so simple. That's why anybody can do it. I mean, we had a 17 year old who did eye training for one day and she went off with a healer kind of like me. And the healer looked at me and said, You're going to send me off with her? And I said, Yeah, because we have a way of healing up people. She came back an hour and a half later. She said, I've done everything I could imagine. And like, I've never had a healing like this. Why? Because she had never considered becoming a body sensation. And working from the inside out and the bottom up, people talk about stuff. And even if they do, they mediate it. They say, if that body sensation could talk, what would it say? That'd be like if I said, if David could talk, what could he say? David would say, I can't talk. Why aren't you listening to me? I
0: see. Wow.
1: You know, it's like wow. no one thinks to do that. And the 17-year-old girl who's in high school said, I can read a protocol. And it never occurred to this healer that she could have been stuck in another lifetime, however you want to understand that. she had never worked in another lifetime and she had never focused on a body sensation. She said, I've done healing work forever. I've never had an experience like this. And the 17-year-old says, like, what's the big deal? I can read a protocol. Wow. That's his day of training.
0: Y- you know, I find it fascinating, Dr. Han. too, is is that you know, like you, that one could even talk to themselves without saying something, right? I mean, we can think things and, and go through it through our mind. And it seems like at certain points of our life, we're talking more to ourselves than others. Is that something that happens to people? Like, how do you know, like, it seems like, for example, lately with me, I've been, you know, thinking more talking to myself uh, over and I'm, I'm talking to myself going, I wonder if other people are talking to themselves as much as I'm talking to myself.
1: Well, I think there's two kinds of talking to yourself, okay? One kind is if I said, Andy, you are such a jerk. Like you screwed up again. You were such a nobody, right? There's that kind mm. of voice. Now, if that kind of talking is going on, all that is is a trauma. Mm. So Interesting. I saw one second, and I said, What's happening in my body when I'm like lacerating myself that way? I'll feel a body sensation, right? And when I feel that body sensation, I say, Okay. Who are you? And then maybe I hear my father's voice talking to me when I'm five years old. And I say, oh, I took that relationship inside me because I never wanted to lose my father. But you want to know something? I'm 65 now, not quite, in you know, a couple of weeks. I'm not five anymore. So I can say, you know, thank you. You protected me from having to experience it from him because I could do it to myself. But I don't have to do that anymore. I can make a different choice. Because once I know it's going on and I witness it, I can make a different choice. But then there's another way you talk to yourself. And I'll tell you what that is. There's some part of us that just knows what's true for us. It's called like a gut knowing, and when we really listen to ourselves, right? It's almost like we're not talking to ourselves. Some deeper part of us is talking to us, and it's almost like it's almost like it's exactly what you describe. It it's like I'm talking to myself. There's a relationship, and who's the one who's talking to me? And I would say who that one is is life. So when you get really open, like you're just sitting there and you're minding your own business and then suddenly something comes to you and you start to talk to yourself and say, I have this interesting idea. Well, it's really a higher, deeper part of you that you've never really listened to, but you get quiet enough that you started listening and it starts to say, Oh, well, maybe it's like, maybe this is what you know is true for you. Maybe this is what you really desire. And really what it is, is your deepest knowing and your deep heart that are talking with you if you spend enough time to get quiet and listen. And really then what I would invite people to do, you see what it is, is you start listening to your own words. You start speaking slowly enough that it's like you're saying, uh, something's talking through me, but I'm listening to it. And I want you to know that's called like being who you are. That's finding your own inner truth that isn't anybody else's. And when you follow that, you live soul. You live what life is inviting you into because you're surrendering. It's not like you're saying, I know what I want. It's like you're saying, oh, that's what life is inviting me into. That's what I really want. Not what I think I want, but what I really want. And then you become a painter. Or you like say, I can help people help other people or whatever it is. And then suddenly you're not really thinking about yourself anymore.
0: Anyway, Excellent. And I'm going to ask you something about positive versus negative. Because, again, we've got Dr. Andrew Hahn here now, co-author of The One Hour Miracle. Get it on Amazon. He's the licensed clinical psychologist and founder of the Life-Centered Therapy and Guided Self-Healing. You can also reach him directly by going to lifecenteredtherapy.com. Lifecenteredtherapy.com. So, Dr. Han, should we always, you know, what I'm trying to understand this is too, and many of our listeners and viewers again are going to be thinking the same thing. You know, some of these, uh, especially like within the, 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 it seems well within any industry and stuff, but within like maybe the business thing and these uh, seminars that I've gone to and everything should be only positive thoughts should be coming through your mind. Anything negative, you need to block out. And I'm thinking, I don't know about that. So kind of what is your professional view on that? Like anytime you have something negative, boom, you should do a mind shift and you should turn it into a positive. But can you, A, really turn everything negative into a positive? And should you only be focusing on positive or be open to the negative, absorb it, and then push it away? I don't know. Here's what I would say. I'd say anytime you're
1: judgmental,
0: you're in trouble. Give an example, please give an example.
1: Let's say uh, I wrote a book and it it uh, it didn't it wasn't it wasn't read by many people. Is that a negative or a positive? We don't know. Maybe I had to learn something. The only way I was going to learn it was to fail. So or maybe you say, I'm only going to think positive. We're going to like, you know, make money forever. And somebody says, wait a second, like you haven't considered this, 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 and this. So if you're only positive, I'd call that being Pollyanna, right? I would say faith and doubt are in a sacred relationship. They need each other. And if you think that one is better than the other, you're in big trouble. If you only focus on the doubt, you'll never get any place and you'll be paralyzed. If you only focus on the faith... You'll get taken for a ride, but you'll say, Mm. well, it was a good thing. And uh, on one level, it's a good thing that maybe at some point or other, you'll learn. Oh, I love it. it. I'm with this used car salesman, and I think he wants me to buy 15 cars. So I'll buy 15 cars because I'm positive. There's a word for that in our field. You know what it's called? Bananas. (laughs) Right. Right. So it's like what I would say you're looking for is reality. You're looking for the truth. And the truth is everything. It's not, and like saying, I'm going to block something out. That'd be like saying, you know, I don't like one of my kids. So I'm going to throw him out a window. Maybe he has something to share with you. Maybe you're supposed to learn something from him. So I would say the problem with positive and negative is you don't know what's positive and you don't know what's negative. So maybe what you want to do is just open to what's here and say, what do I have to learn? But that's, you know, a radical opinion.
0: Sure. Sure. No, that's
1: what do you think, David?
0: Yeah, no, I makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. I think in in essence, it's almost being on the extreme of any side is, is, is not good.
1: I'll tell you the people who think about the law of attraction egoically, like they say, like, Oh, because I think you're alluding to that, you know, they say, Oh, the law of attraction, like, you know, um, we create our own beliefs. So I'm just going to focus on like, I'm going to make more money or I'm going to do whatever. Okay. Now, Let's suppose I have a loaded gun and you say that gun isn't going to hurt me. I'm thinking positively and I shoot you. What's going to happen?
0: You're you're done.
1: Your thoughts, I want you to know, it's called collapsing levels. On the level of the material world, your thoughts do not create reality. There's a word for it in our field which I will talk I would say, but it's not a very pleasant word for most people, right? They'd say I, I said I'm positive. I'm Jesus Christ. They put you in a hospital. But they probably shouldn't put you in a hospital because maybe you are Jesus Christ, but you know, So, what I would say is, you attract to you what you need in order to heal and grow. And if what you need is to have a panic attack in my office in order to remember what happened 20 years ago so you can integrate it, you'll have a panic attack. And someone will say, well, if you thought positively enough, you wouldn't have a panic attack. I'd say, Uh no, if you thought positively enough, you would have a panic attack. Right. So, I would say, once there's nothing blocking you, then i would say positive is what life invites you into so let's say you want to create this show right and you say is that really what i'm is that really what i'm called to do and if it is and you know it is then then you can use what's called the law of attraction but what i would say to you is do it like it's happening right now they say visualize it don't just visualize it live it Feel it like it's happening right now. And then if it discomfort comes up, you'll know that something's blocking you. And you'll say, all right, I have to listen to the discomfort. But if only good feelings in your body are there, say, I'm going to focus on those good feelings and I'm going to go forward and I'm going to trust life. And if life sends me a roadblock, then I'm going to trust life that that was what was, you know, what I was being invited into. But I'll just keep going.
0: Well, that's phenomenal. Great. Excellent. Well, Dr. Han, you help your clients heal themselves. You've created, co-authored this book called The One Hour Miracle. You can get it on Amazon to be able to help others with just simply five steps to guiding yourself healing. Change the story, reauthor your life. Reauthor your life now. Go to Amazon, look it up. You can reach Dr. Andrew Hahn directly at lifecenteredtherapy.com. This has been David Kogan. Please do. Absolutely. This has been David Kogan with the Alliance's Hero Show.